0: Sideline, direct snap, Henry, jump
1: pass, oh, trickery, Corey Davis, touchdown, Tennessee, the razzle dazzle for the Titans.
2: Welcome to the second part of the doubleheader Transatlantic Titans podcast. I'm just going to keep saying doubleheader because it's fun. Doubleheader, we've um, got, we, we do have a title. Now for this, we have
1: to call it double header colon something else. Or was yeah. it? No, you already made the name. Friends, of
2: Close,
3: enemies, Friends close closer. enemies, Closer. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. that could work.
2: Um, I mean, if you listen to part one, you'll know what this is all about. And if and if you haven't listened to part one, then why are you starting with part two? What's wrong with you? It's very clear in the episode title that <laughs> this should be listened after part one. Although, having said that, um, the cont- there's not that much continuity, so You'd probably get away with it. No, it's it's, too, it's it's kind of the same theme, but
1: still completely different content. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, don't worry about it.
2: Just listen to part two first and then go back to part one. Let's know which part's better. Um, which, which, no, don't, don't. They're both <laughs> no, great. They're both great. They're, they're both great. they're both awesome, yeah. Um, so part one, we spoke to Mark and Pat about the Bills and the Jags. Um, we're going to speak to three more of our rivals oh, our enemies bumper bumper part 2 we've got here yeah absolutely um so we would better not waffle on too long because there is is a lot of content <laughs> to bring you uh, we'll start with well i don't know if it's they've got a, a current rival the baltimore ravens um and you know it's a, a team that we have we've met in the playoffs both of the last two years um obviously gone one way then the other um i feel that Yeah, it could easily happen again (laughs) um, at the end of this season. And there hasn't been much love lost of late, um, particularly uh, the players, but also the fans. Um, They get a bit salty at times on social media. Uh, But we found a nice one. Um, Adam Barton is here to talk about the Ravens. And yeah, let's get into that. And myself and Miles spoke to him. Okay, joining myself and Miles now, we have Adam Barton representing the the Baltimore Ravens. Um, thanks for thanks for coming on, Adam. Firsty. how are
3: you? I'm great. Thanks. Thanks very much for having me.
2: Um, I mean, this is friendly. Yeah, this is this is the off season. Um, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that every Titans Raven fan. Ravens fan interaction over the past two or three years has been friendly, um, but we're better people than that. Well, I'll say we, Miles. I'm not sure. Um, you know, you you might want to go nuts here. It's entirely up to you.
4: <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm coming in with a with a nice, easy, chilled mind. You know, we're all we're, all, we're all friends here for now. <laughs>
2: we d- we definitely are. Um, the the Ravens' history. I'll just I mean, I'll touch on to start with. Um. Baltimore as a football city, um, obviously way back in the day, the Colts would have been there. <laughs> yeah, another fierce rival of ours, obviously. Um, but they up sticks and left. So as as far as Ravens current Ravens fans go, um, well, it's a, it's a bit of a complicated one because they they must harbour some resentment to the Colts for leaving Baltimore. And then there's a the thing with the Browns. So the Browns, um, if you're not familiar with the story and the chronology, up sticks and left Cleveland, moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens in, I think, 96. And then the Cleveland Browns reformed. So a very weird sort of um, process there. Uh, But, you know, since then, the last 20, 25 years or so, um, the Browns and the Ravens have been in the same division. The Titans were there in the AFC Central. And then in 2002, The divisions got reorganised and the Titans were in the south. The Ravens and the Browns stayed in the north. The Colts joined us in the south. Um, I hope you followed all that. Um, (laughs)
3: It's (laughs) um, it's, it's a very roundabout way.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm certain I haven't explained that very well. But what I I think I'm trying to say, we've got two teams here who have had, you know, odd relocation going on in their history. Um, So we have that in common um not only do we sort of understand that as much as a UK fan can, uh, but also understand why there are some strange feelings between <laughs> between some of these teams. Um <laughs> Yeah, so how how do you how do you feel about the the history element? Obviously the Titans have the Oilers history, but the Ravens don't have anything. Either they don't have the Browns history or the Colts history. How does that sit with you?
3: Yeah, it's a, a bit weird really, having had Two two other teams linked to to Baltimore, really, and obviously having the as you said the Baltimore Colts uh, in the in the um, in it, having had the Colts in Baltimore until the mid '80s, and and then they left, and the the history has stayed with Indianapolis, and then the, the the Baltimore Ravens, as they are now, uh, formed from the Cleveland Browns as the, as they were, and the Cleveland Browns have then reformed and and, and created a whole new team, so. And then the, 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 the new Browns have the history of, of the old Browns, which is now the, the Ravens. Uh, I hope I wasn't too complicated in that. But,
2: <laughs> it's uh, pretty it's, similar to how, how, how I tried to do it. It's impossible.
3: <laughs> exactly. Just to, to have neither of... I, I don't mind with the the, the moving around of, of teams and, and realignment and everything that uh, that the history gets a bit messy. But for for the Ravens to get neither of those histories linked to their franchises is, is a bit painful. Uh, not, not that I particularly want to be linked to the Colts either. But uh, the, uh, uh, but yes, it is. It is a bit, a bit, bit stinging that the Ravens really only have a, a twenty-five th- a t- or twenty-five year history, um, and compared to the to other teams. But it's, it's just one of those things, really, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if I mean when the Texans were created, it could have happened. I mean, they didn't. They weren't allowed to. The Titans didn't let them. But if they. Sort of rebooted the Houston Oilers. I'm guessing the same thing would have happened to us. It's a really strange dynamic, isn't it? That doesn't get replicated in sport in this country. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's bonkers, really, when you look at it like that.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things, and and I guess someone has to lose out down the line. I just, I, I completely understand not having the Browns' history, but to to not have the Colts' history is it's a bit annoying.
2: Well, like... yeah, your your own's not too bad. You're making history, so. Uh... There you go. <laughs> yeah. There's the other way to look at it. <laughs> Absolutely. How did you become a Ravens fan, and um, what was it about um, about the team that pulled you in, or was it just where you lived, or you know something entirely <laughs> random?
4: I actually
3: have quite a, a an odd, I guess, British Ravens fan origin. Um, I, I, whenever I hear about uh, British fans deciding who their team is, it's, it's completely alien to me. I. Um, just because of my dad's job moved out to America when, well, just after the Ravens had been formed in, in 1998. Um, I, I was uh, five at the time, so it's not like I was straight into into Baltimore football, but I uh, remember watching, like, obviously going around to a friend's house um, and having, there was a, a big party on, on our street for for the Super Bowl in, in two- or, well, it would have been uh, January 2001. Um, so I I've had an affinity with them, but I didn't really get into American football properly until about 2008, sort of time, 2007-2008, uh, when I was uh, just when it was a, a, bit, a, a bit more available. Uh, certainly, uh, just as I was growing yeah. a bit, up a bit more, and obviously the, the six o'clock kickoffs on uh, on Sunday night. Uh, so a, a very brief period in in 2000, and, uh, and obviously the, the Super Bowl victory. But in terms of proper fandom. Uh, I went back to my roots of, of living there, and I, I did live in New Jersey for a bit, but predominantly it was in in Baltimore. Um, so that's that's why I, I chose the Ravens.
2: Fair enough, and you, you've had some success since then as well. I mean, not not just the the Super Bowl when you were there when you were young, but um, another Super Bowl win against the Niners more recently, which must have been pretty sweet.
3: Definitely, it was it was definitely a, a push to to get over the top. As I said, the the two thousand eight. Time and, and please don't call me a glory hunter. For I'll, I'll have to say <laughs> this: because I do, do have an affinity. It's the the city I have the the biggest affinity to in in America. Uh, but uh, the the first five years of, of from 2008 onwards, which is when uh, Joe Flacco was uh, was drafted, and yes, okay, he get gets his abuse, but it's forgotten that he won a playoff game the first five years that he was he was in in the league along uh, along with John Harbour, His first five years as a head coach, uh, and they they came. They went to the championship game in in Harbour and and Flacco's rookie season, and uh Crawley lost out to the the Steelers, who obviously went on to to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they went back to the championship game again against the. Oh, I, I think I've got my history wrong here.
2: Uh, well, two thousand eight, I can certainly help you out because um the divisional round game was in Nashville, uh, which is one of the most depressing nights of my life. Um, but <laughs> um. Yeah, fumbles on the goal line, all sorts of tragic thing happen, things happened. Um, Chris Johnson went out the game injured. Uh, we don't need to talk yeah. about um, anything related to that. Um, but yeah, it was a low scoring slugfest. <laughs> it really it really was. Uh, but yeah, as, as you say, Joe Flacco was a rookie. Joe Flacco was decent, I'm going to say.
3: Uh, he was—he uh, was the the problem that Flacco had. He was—he was a good quarterback and certainly on the the verge of the top ten at least. The problem he had was when he got the the monster deal, which came after the Super Bowl. He, he obviously bet on himself to to perform, uh, and 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 it paid off uh, by playing uh, by playing his final year of his rookie deal without a contract, and then won the Super Bowl in that year. So the Ravens were going to have to pay him. So he <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah. The, if you remember, he was the most expensive uh, player in football for for a time, uh, but he he struggled to do it. Obviously, he had a, a good team around him uh, with the, the likes of Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs. It was mainly def- uh, defense focused, but he, he was a very good quarterback and a, a key piece. He just once he had signed his his uh, first proper contract, his his not first deal after being a rookie or or after his rookie deal, the the performance, I think it did drop a bit personally, but also it just wasn't, he wasn't as valuable to the team, as valuable as the contract was. Um, but he's not the only quarterback that, that that's ever happened to, but it was one of the more high profile cases of that, I think.
2: It's a weird situation. I think particularly since the CBA changed, I think 10 years ago, where the rookies didn't get paid in quite the same way as they used to. So it it meant that they're far more valuable to teams of veterans. And um, so yeah, I mean if Joe Flacco wins the Super Bowl in the is the fifth year of his contract I think um you've, yeah. you've got to be pretty heartless not to pay the <laughs> pay the guy are pretty ruthless you know, how's how's that going to go down with the fan base um and yeah some players will play up to that but yeah I guess he didn't quite do that um that's but you, know, you you're gonna get that contract if you uh, if you get your team and your city a ring aren't you and yeah, as as you rightly say, there are plenty of other other rookies who've gone that way. Don't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, you can't have. Unfortunately, no team can have an elite QB on a rookie contract forever. That's that's not how the NFL works. Um, it's designed for parity. And think what you know. Things change, don't they? Um, as far as kind of Titans Ravens head to heads go. Um, I, was, I was looking at this. Um, who do both of you think is ahead? I can tell you that regular season and post-season, the teams have played 26 times. If you had to guess, who do you think has won more?
3: I'd say the Ravens have probably won more in the post-season, despite what you guys want to get into about, uh, well, the season before last, I guess. Um, <laughs> but post-season... Probably because the Titans were a younger team. Obviously, the, the teams that came into in the '90s got quite a sweetheart deal uh, as expansion teams. But, but the Titans probably edge it, particularly playing each other twice a year uh, in those first years in the AFC Central.
2: Miles, what do you think?
4: I reckon we're tied up. I reckon it's pretty. Yeah, insane. I think you've
2: you're both pretty. You've both done well there. It's thirteen apiece. And Adam, yeah. you're right as well. Ravens have won more postseason games. It's three-two in the postseason, and the Titans eleven-ten regular season, which that's pretty tight either way, though, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's <laughs> it shows how, and I, maybe that shows why the rivalry is now what it is. Um, you know, because it's the same in in recent years. You know, we mentioned that two thousand and eight playoff game. There was another one in two thousand and one, another one in two thousand and four. Um, generally, it seems to be teams that on the road that seem to do well which is a bit weird. um so the last 3 games i think the road team has has beaten the the home team you know, regardless of regular season or playoffs um 2 years ago the titans came into baltimore nobody fancied them at all and dominated that game uh, and then last year you got some sweet revenge in nashville
3: yes definitely i i learned my lesson after after last year it was I was debating about whether to, to stay up because obviously that was a, a night game, a 1.30 uh, a.m. kickoff for, for British fans. Uh, and uh, so the Ravens didn't turn up. Let's, let's be brutally honest after. What, what, what do they have? A, a bye? They, and they didn't really play in weeks, Week 17 either. But certainly most of the star players, uh, the key one being Mark Ingram, trying to get him back from, from injury. Um, and they, they just completely didn't perform, as, as was with the charges in, in Lamar Jackson's rookie year um so I, I learned my lesson when uh, when they played the bills uh, um in, in the same slot this year and thought no i'm, I'm not subjecting <laughs> myself to it again i don't mind watching them lose but not so much when when I, I right off the day after as well um but yeah it's been uh, been tight uh, rivalries the um the 2000 game i i i quite like the the story of uh, the playbook from the as we say they were in the same division at the time so they um, having played each other and the Titans had uh, nicked Trent Dilfer's playbook from the yeah. <laughs> from the locker room so he, he knew that he was going to get hit pretty bad in the playoff game but the, the Ravens uh, came, came came away away with it but in terms of the um, the teams winning on the road I think it's it's a bit about mindset isn't it of they're both quite blue-collar teams so the um, the the there's just that feeling of they like being the underdog. I, I far prefer the Ravens when they're an underdog team rather than when they were the number one seed, the best uh, team in football. You just think, Oh, it's, it's just going too well sort of thing.
2: <laughs> I think you could be, you could be right there. It's, it's, and I, well, both, is it fair to say relatively small market teams as well? So a lot, a lot of the energy is,
3: yeah,
2: reserved for, reserved for these rivalry games as well. Um, and, and, yeah, you you go on the road with a chip on your shoulder, not fancied. You're you're more probably more up for it. It's it's a weird dynamic. Definitely. Um, I mean, no. I, I, you've you've mentioned the game in Baltimore at the end of the 2019 season. Um, you're allowed to touch on the more recent one as well. <laughs> um, in Nashville, I mean, we we went to Baltimore again in the regular season and, and won a phenomenal game in overtime. I'm going to say uh, with it. The Titans had no right to win, being down in it. Um, but that there doesn't a, matter when it comes to the playoffs.
3: Definitely, there's a horrible age. Well, certainly from a Ravens perspective, a horrible AJ Brown uh, touchdown in in the regular season game. I seem to remember. Uh, but yeah, we remember think, that. <laughs> there was uh, the the Ravens couldn't allow what happened well they after the the two losses that they'd had and the, the manner of them as well obviously the beat down that they they did take uh, in the playoffs in in 2019 or 20 uh, the january 2020 and then having been in control and they had as you said they the ravens threw away that game against the titans in the regular season there there was a lot riding on it from in terms of mentality i think and and obviously uh, lamar jackson uh, who risked being and 3 as a as a starter in the in the playoffs, so th- there was just so much going into it. So it was just one of those where it had to be the Titans, and obviously with the um, uh, with uh with the uh, last day of the regular season, I was desperately hoping that it was going to be the Colts because I thought it would be an easier game. But it was was definitely sweet to mm. get some revenge from uh, from the year before.
2: Yeah, you could you could tell the players turned up and then some. Um, I mean the the play the key play in that game uh, was. The one that Lamar took off. I mean, we can we can whinge about punting it when we shouldn't have punted it and stuff like that, as as Miles and the rest of our the, the guys on the podcast have done. Um, but the key play has to just for momentum is the one where Lamar took off, and you could tell immediately that nobody's getting near him. Um, oh yeah. I mean, how having having a guy like that who can do that um, is do you feel that kind of gives you an unfair advantage i mean well let's let's talk about lamar um, full stop um as as a player has he become too reliant on that or is that just still something that he has that other quarterbacks don't
3: i think he he has something a bit beyond that a lot of the quarterbacks that are coming into the league at the moment are quite um quite athletic and and offer that that level as well uh, he's certainly been used to certainly in his his rookie season i, I think he was uh, ready to to run at the first possible opportunity he he is developing into more of a pocket passer but with the threat of i can go at any time uh, but cer- certainly once they uh once they get him under the the big contract as we we're similar to what we we're talking about with Flacco there's there's no way that they're going to be having as many designed runs as as they have had going forward uh, he he's definitely invo- improving as as a passer And and I think he is underrated in that, but that's by no means saying that he's he's perfect in the pocket. Um, He, it's a shame with obviously the news that's that's come out today. um, Sorry to date your podcast or or the recording, but uh, in terms of him being (laughs) him him going into self isolation with COVID,
2: um, but it's it's better better that than two months time, I I I guess.
3: But if anyone could benefit from from that. Regular season because obviously he didn't have um, a po- uh, sorry a, a, a preseason uh, last l- last off season either d- despite having come back come off a, a MVP season um, but just in terms of developing himself um, to to be more of a a mature passer I guess shall we say uh, it would have been beneficial but it's uh, it's one of those things and and as you said I'd rather he's he gets it now and, and is less likely to miss time
4: in the season in the regular season it
3: could I'll- be a slow
4: burner. But um, I was thinking about the fact they've just got two new wide receivers and you're trying to build chemistry with new receivers, but you're spending your time sat at home isolating, which how, how much of an impact that will have on Lamar's start to the season, building up with uh, Watkins and obviously the guy that they've drafted. I'll be actually interested to see how Lamar plays this year because you can see by the way they drafted and by letting certain players go that they are looking to try and keep the ball in his hands a little bit more. But can you see it being a significant change from how it's been the past couple of years with obviously a lot of the design plays off at keepers for him? Can you see him actually handing off, handing off a lot more to like Gus Edwards and uh, I forgot the other running back that you had, but he was the main one I remember. J.K. Dobbins. That's the one, Dobbins, yeah. So do you think it's going to be a lot more of actual pocket passing play this year from the Ravens or do you think they'll just stick to what they've done last year?
3: I think it'll be... If you watch uh, Lamar's snaps from 2019 onwards, in terms of what he does with the ball, it its just going to be a gradual curve, of the the run to pass is, Run is going to, or uh, him running the ball is going to gradually decrease uh, and potentially have a fall off at one point or another. Uh, but I, I, th- I think it's going to be on. The, I don't think it's going to change significantly. And and you're right to say that with Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman and and Tylen Wallace coming in. Uh, the the chemistry would have been it would have been very good to to develop that but it's uh it's just a shame that that, that they won't be able to do that hopefully they've been able to go for a beer before now but uh <laughs> how open america's been uh but we'll have to wait and see on that one
2: they they should still have i don't i'm not sure the exact timings they should still have the preseason. I and mean, i know it's the preseasons. A bit of a joke at times, um, and you, they, it might mean that Lamar plays a bit more in the preseason than he otherwise would. It's a dangerous game that with a running quarterback, though. <laughs> that, that's that's true, um, but you know it's it's that balance between risking injury and, and starting the season too cold, um, and obviously ev- everybody started the season too cold a year ago, and um, but yeah, I guess whatever happens, a, a couple of weeks have been have been taken away from him, and. Um, Well, we're not actually playing this year in the regular season, which seems unbelievable when you look at how, I mean, we don't, we don't, didn't even finish in the division in the same spot, Um, but I mean, how confident are you in, well, I assume you're reasonably confident in a repeat run to the playoffs and how far do you think the Ravens will go this year?
3: I'm I'm reasonably confident. I mean, the, the reason that we're not playing each other is is because the uh, the Steelers fluked their way to eleven and zero last season, didn't they? And uh, <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> yes. but uh, because obviously that, that put us in, in second in the division. We as as it happens, we've been for for our podcast at ninety nine yards. We've been doing division previews by basically picking a team of the division and, and talking around that. Um, and and by by complete chance we hit, we're doing the AFC North this week. So I was putting my team together this afternoon, and it is the the maybe it's my bias, but I, I feel it is quite Ravens heavy. That it's either certainly Ravens and Browns are the two lead standouts. I'm pretty confident of them being one of the seven best teams in the division. Don't get me started on on there being an extra playoff spot, but I think they, oh, they I'm, should. I'm with
2: you. I'm with you on this completely. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um. Although it did make the 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 end of the regular season quite exciting with that seventh seed, but uh, I, I think they'll be they're, they're good enough to be in, in that team. The 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 front seven and particularly the defensive line is is on its last legs. I feel there's a there's a lot of experience, which is obviously good, but I don't know if it's. Um, it, it, I, I think after this year, they're really going to have to look at Claire Campbell and, and Penel McPhee, Derek Wolfe, uh, Justin, Justin Ellis, to name a few. Um, but there is, there is youth behind that in um, obviously Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison. So there's, there's the opportunity to, to develop. I'm really excited to see what Rashad Bateman did. I, I did not expect him to fall to us um, in, in the draft. Um, and and hopefully he's that a physical receiver that, as we are saying with, with Lamar developing, he's, he's not the the most accurate passer, but so to have a receiver that really opens the catch radius up would be beneficial. And i Mark Andrews is obviously uh, just a, a real go-to guy uh, in the Ravens' offense and someone you can rely on. But an underrated name who who did get particular uh, who did miss a, a significant amount of time last season was Nick Boyle. Um, so hopefully he can come back um, fit and, and healthy because uh, he's he, he's really big in the in the run block game. Uh, so between the uh, the two tight ends, I think obviously it depends what happens with injury. The Ravens were particularly even aside from the uh, the COVID um, uh, spike that they had in the team last year, they were particularly affected by injuries. Um, and Ronnie Stanley, another one who who went down and missed significant time. So hopefully, having had the injury bug last season, they, they can look a bit better this season.
2: Are we going to meet again in the playoffs? I mean, it it, it wouldn't it's be ba- right if we didn't, would it?
3: <laughs> it's bound to happen at some point. I don't know what level it is, and I don't know if I'll be invited back on the podcast if it's... At- <laughs> Uh, the last possible stage. Um, but it, as I said, it's bound to happen.
2: Um, you'll be definitely more than welcome back on the podcast anytime. Um, before you go, uh, where can I mean, you mentioned 99 yards, um, let our listeners know where they can hear that, where they can find all your stuff.
3: Yeah, so we, we've got a, a podcast that, uh, we, well, we've got two or three podcasts linked to us, but I'm, I'm on the 99 uh, Yards podcast. We also have the Draft Talk guys who, who focus more on, on college. Uh, it's all, all uh, the, the great work of, of Liz Bandari, uh, but there's several writers uh, of, uh, that, uh, con- contributing to the website, uh, c- covering all things NFL uh, and CFL, as, as well as college, as I said.
2: I will also wish you all the best for the regular season, as we're not going to meet. Um, I'm not sure necessarily every Titans fan will join me in doing that, but um, I'm I'm going to be, I'm going to be polite. We're all friends here. Um, Yeah. Much appreciated, Adam. All the best for, for the season. And yeah, hopefully we can, we can chat in the playoffs.
3: Looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to chatting in the playoffs.
2: There we go. I I like the parallel with the Ravens and the history. Um, Although they've kind of been a bit screwed, haven't they? Um we've got we've got uh we have all the Oilers stuff and despite the Texans' best efforts and they just have their own history, which isn't bad, to be fair.
1: Yeah, to be honest with you, I think um there's gonna be some some Titans fans that have no association with the Oilers and wouldn't care less if we didn't have that history, whereas there's obviously other Titans fans who have followed the team all the way through. So yeah, but it's uh I don't know. I think I think I said in, the, in in part one. I think this rivalry is one that's going to be boiling up, and a lot of people will start thinking of the Ravens as our probably biggest rival when it comes to uh, to the hatred that we will feel towards them. And I think that will only grow over time. The more we meet them, especially in the postseason. Yeah, I think
2: you you could be right there. Um, let's speak to. Well, I, I rival that we're less likely to meet in the postseason, I think it's fair to say, this, this year anyway. Uh, we've never met them in the postseason. Uh, we talking been... to the Jags again? <laughs> no, the, the Texans this time. Uh, it's uh, equally true. Um, we've met the Jags in the postseason. Come on. Um, no, we, don't, we don't, we don't, don't them want them to things. forget that. We haven't, dude. Um, so, yeah, we're going to hear from Ewan and it was myself and Mars again who, who spoke to him about the Houston Texans. Miles is with me right now, and also we are joined by Ian from the the Turn Up for What podcast, who's uh, going to talk to us a bit about the the Houston Texans and our rivalry there. So, firstly, well, not just welcome to the show, but welcome back to the show, you and how are you?
0: I'm all right. Thanks again for having me.
2: Yeah, a ple- pleasure. It's a, yeah, a hopefully a friendlier chat than um, it can be between Titans and the and Texans fans. Um, we spoke last year. And obviously, when we we played each other, um, it's I suppose a relatively new football rivalry for uh, oh, NFL standards. But I mean, things things change quite a lot. It's a it's a strange history. Um, to well, the Houston Texans were obviously created in in two thousand and two um, after the Houston Oilers have moved to Nashville. Um, so about five years after that was. Um, well, start starting with yourself. Um, how did you become a Houston, Texas supporter?
0: I just went to a game in uh, twenty twelve, and um, just by chance, a friend had been seconded uh, to Houston um, yeah, I got tickets for a game. Uh, it was the Ryan Fitzpatrick led Buffalo Bills, and <laughs> and uh, the rest is kind of history. It was the return of Mario Williams. He'd signed there after a big deal. After leaving Houston, um, big deal at the time. And uh and yeah, I just kinda got, got hooked into it there after that and it's been been a bit of a, a labour of love in some ways and then um yeah, it's been just a part of my life, you know, but until last year. Um <laughs> <I'm> just kinda <laughs> put some barriers in the way of that and may or may not do it again this year. It's looking like it might. But yeah, no, it's it's uh it's just a team that we found um by chance really and then I think probably Watts made it Bigger than just what goes on the white lines is all the people and and uh, and the culture of Texas and, and Houston itself, and they've kind of really adopted me and many of my friends as as their own. So yeah, it's just been a a continual um, continual <laughs> continual sort of uh, going through the motions. I think this off season um, when you feel so mm-hmm. kind of abstract and cut out of it, but um, but yeah, it continues to be interesting say, to say the least.
2: Uh, we we all know that nobody stays good in the NFL forever unless you're Tom Brady and the Patriots and equally nobody stays bad forever um, unless maybe you're the Detroit Lions or the Cleveland Browns perhaps but uh, even, even signs of life there and did you get a sense when you first went to Houston of the the history of the fandom um, and well I guess how I and mean, how how many of the fans of the, the Texans in Houston would have been Oilers fans and what do you think the feelings are um, towards the Titans in that regard. Yeah, that's been the common reference point in this off season is
0: the the heart and the having that sort of five year window in the old football team and and what is basically the heart of football. Really, I mean, I know people in Florida and Ohio would probably query that, but it, but I think it's the heartland mm. of the game. Uh, you see that in the scale of high school football, um, and it, it means it's more than just a game uh, in Texas. So yeah, I think there's. I, I don't I, I don't think there's anybody moved to Tennessee with them and Bud Adams, um, you know, God rest his soul, but he wasn't he's not, a, not not exactly a household name in Houston and obviously the late Bombing there brought them back um to have a pro franchise in there. I think it's uh, it's probably the worst part of the sport really, isn't it? I think it takes away it, it just literally guts guts a city and takes the roots out of, you know, what is a you know, it's a multi billion, you know, billion dollar conglomerate, um, or it is now perhaps wasn't as big then. Um, But it's the worst bit, doesn't it? Because it really guts the heart of a community and you take it somewhere else and it takes a while to adopt, you know, um, into a different city. Um, You know, Nashville's obviously got Vanderbilt University right downtown there as well. So, you know, it's not, it's in part, you know, it's part of the south. It's not a, it's a football uh, state, I would think. Um, But I think, you know, very much Tennessee Volunteers is number one and the Titans are probably number two after that. So there's a, in terms of football rankings, so there's yeah, there's de- yeah. there's, de- there's definitely a, a sort of element of of uh, of strangeness, I suppose, about it. I think when I've been in Nashville, I never necessarily felt a rivalry there. Um, but I, I think what what you you've kind of got this kind of strange paradoxical thing with guys that made their name and racked up those stats and did it in Houston, uh, but yeah, they're, they're celebrated and bringing guys like. Mike Fisher and all these kind of guys back, you know, um, the Lovey Blue Oilers kind of moved there and uh, and they were never quite the same after that. I don't know they've changed the name, they've rebranded and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's probably highlights what for me is the worst bit about the sport in terms of that, you know, that lack of human element, I suppose, and the, the dollars and cents gets in there. You know, the people of St. Louis would tell you the same and um, San Diego likewise. So yeah, it's a, it's a strange dynamic, um, but I don't think it necessarily leads to much rivalry. In my experience, um, it seems pretty plastic. I think in, in many senses,
2: it's it's really hard as a you know we're we're fans in the UK. We we don't really have a, a like for like situation. Um, you know, say football, soccer over here or other sports. I mean, nothing's ever really happened like this. Um, especially yeah, Milton uh, Keynes
0: Dodds would be, is probably the best one, isn't it? And um, Wimbledon. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I get. I guess so. And there, there would be a rivalry with the new AFC Wimbledon team, um, and that, that's that's probably quite bitter. Which is which is really strange when you think that one team used to be where the other is. Um, but I suppose I, I, I guess the longer time goes, the fewer fans are around that were back in were there back in the the Oilers days, and things I don't know about get forgotten, but brushed under the carpet a bit more. Um, it, it comes to a head when you see JJ Watt um, in an old Oilers jersey walking, walking into a game and obviously people will be will be divided. Um, do, you, do you have any strong feelings on that um, as, as claiming the history or is this just something that isn't that important to you? And you just look back over the, the 20 years since the Texans have existed.
0: Yeah, that's before my time, so I didn't live it. I think if I did live it, it seems a bit surreal to celebrate something that's, you know, nothing to do with the, the current day. Um, and that's not because the times have changed, that's just because it wasn't simply there. It was um, a fallout with uh, with the Astrodome and they wanted to build a new stadium and they didn't get a chance to do that. Um, the company that, that owned the Astrodome, uh, were, you know, were part of the city and they made them stay at their lease for an extra year. So there was a sort of state of execution, I think. If you didn't have that, um, it probably wouldn't have been as kind of ill feeling and bitter, I suppose, as it maybe is today. Um, but yeah, you basically watched the team, you know, bleed out in front of the whole city um, after being so so close. In a number of years, you know, the playoff loss in Buffalo when um, Frank Reich stepped in there as quarterback, you know, you've got so many, you know, getting beat by the Steelers in consecutive years in the AFC Championship. So it was a team kind of, you know, not that dissimilar to the current collapse, but a team that was so so close. Um, and and meant a lot to the people and i mean it was old school football where the players you know were out drinking smoking and coming in didn't get paid anywhere near what they did now um and yeah you're right there probably is a lot of people that aren't as uh aren't as necessarily bound by the two in similar ways but there's there's definitely a there's there's definitely a kind of strange element of that i think because i mean you know bruce matthews was a hall of fame tackle in uh in houston not in tennessee you know and it's uh and the, the team has changed the name and I think when they changed the name I, I personally think the history should have died with them um, but you know I think the the Trunk or Adam's Trunk family are very uh, vocal that you know they'll keep the history um, for whatever reason um, the, the transplanted history and it'll stay that way and I don't think that'll ever change it I think if it had if, if it was going to it probably would have done by now um, but yeah it's 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 a strange facet and it probably it probably just shows you that you know this you know, and I've said this a lot of this off season, particularly with the troubles with our current ownership or second generation ownership, uh, which I think clubs will find difficulties in. You know, you see that in Denver as well, complete mess of a situation uh, when it changes hands over the people that actually have the nose and the the money, um, and then the next generation who kind of handed it. So there's a, you know, there's quite a big dynamic shift change I think there for a lot of clubs, and we're going through that now. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it will always be it'll always be what happened in Houston and if people want to lay claim to it then, then fine I don't think it really means anything because everybody knows that it was there or witnessed it that it was uh it was part of another, another another site's history not not the one that uh that moved for financial reasons and I think you know sport albeit this league is the epitome of you know the financial pinnacle of, of uh of the sporting occasion but you know ultimately it was uh it was something that happened somewhere else and it's just uh it's just just part of the part of the uh the structure of ownership you got 32 billionaire owners that wouldn't piss on you and fire if you were a fan you know they just want to solve it <laughs> so uh <laughs> unfortunately that's that's the, the better reality of it
3: i feel
2: like fighting for it sometimes because i'm um, i'm probably a weird case of a a fan who didn't need to move with the team because they were thousands of miles away anyway um but i did um so you know i was i was an Oilers fan My, Miles, how, how do you feel? Um, is it something you care about, as a Titans fan? Because we don't, we we certainly don't all agree with each other.
4: Well, yeah, we definitely don't agree with each other on a lot of things. I mean, for me, <laughs> I I sort of uh, supported the NFL and the Titans as a whole after it all happened. So for me, it's having to go back and learn the history of the actual uh, with the Oilers and the Texans to actually understand that rivalry. So from a personal situation, like when I look at the schedule, apart from a pure um, divisional situation. I don't see it as a a stern rivalry, and it's not one of them where I sort of think to myself, oh, I hate that scene because of what happened, because it was something I never experienced, and I never had to go through the full uh, emotions, which I can imagine when you reference the A.C. Wimbledon and N.K. Don's. to me that's something that's a bit more relevant to myself, because I understood that a bit more when it happened, and I get why people would be upset regarding it but no. From when it comes to um the sort of rivalries i i have now it, it's not one that i look back and go oh well that deeply affected me so that's going to affect the way i see the two teams i mean i i i I'd seem to upset all fan bases and cause rivalries just for my opinion on how seasons are going <laughs> and how each, each each year's gone i mean last year i managed to get myself on Texans radio and suddenly i'm i think i'm banned from the area so um no, to, to, me, to me, it's one of them. It's, I, I understand where people, their alliances will lie with, it was in Houston, I'm going to continue to support Houston. And then you can see people saying why they've they decided to then move to the Titans instead. It's, um, it's one of them where you, I, I think, yeah, because I didn't experience it, it's never going to be one of them situations where I think, oh, I, I hate the Texans. I mean, granted, I'm really happy of how things are going for them at the moment, because um, it makes things a lot better for us because we've had, you know, a strong, I think in the past few years, there's been a bit of a, a shift change. But before then, we've had a good 10 years of Texans really um having our number on the field. So it's quite nice well, to actually, you know, it's a bit of a change. Just looking
2: at their head to head, I mean, the, the Titans lead series, that's the wrong word, but it's 21 to 17 in history of the, history of the context contest, which obviously started in two thousand and two. Um never met in the playoffs. Um, partly because Should've, of being no, in the same division, 19th, yeah. you know <laughs> well, yeah, it was possibly. Um yeah, it 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 has been I mean to start with the Titans had the better of them. I think I mean certainly in recent years since certainly since Deshaun Watson um was was drafted but, by the Texans, I mean, even before that, as well. I mean, we've we've had some some lean years in that time, certainly. Um, but it's become very much a you know, we're division rivals, so we're playing each other twice a year. So the games mean that that much more. Um, I mean, it, it's yeah. I, I don't feel like sitting here today and saying, well, the the Texans seem to be struggling a bit with them. Um, you know, said so what Bill O'Brien's left them and so on. It, it's now, this is the, isn't necessarily the moment to do that because things change very quickly in the NFL and uh, you can look very silly very quickly um uh, but uh, yeah I mean um, re- recent games it's it's been nip and tuck hasn't it I mean uh, we seem to quite often play in that week 17 game or what's now going to be week 18 game um and yeah no no team makes it easy for the other um if a playoff <laughs> berth is up for grabs um, uh, that said, though, um, the Texans in recent years, um, I, mean, do, do, I mean, I mean—I think it's fair to say in the last, well, I was going to say 10 years or so, they've, they've been better in, in that Watson era. Um, it's probably not the case at the moment, as you say. Um, Ewan, how do you see it now or in, rec- in recent years and also now um, where, where things are with your team?
0: yeah i mean like you referenced there i think every team just by the architecture of the current cba your your life cycle's about you know four to five years um in terms of you hit on a rookie class and then you hit on another one then you know you sort of elongate that a bit um but yeah no i, th- I th- you're right i think you, obviously you know there was the early years as an expansion franchise that's easy money for the opposing teams um yeah, in a sense yeah. and then yeah the kind of thing. The sort of over that middle stretch you kind of saw stuff even out a bit and then and then the last couple of years, obviously, last year, you know, sweep by the the Titans, two very close games,
2: obviously unsuccessful. What they what they, they were, they really were. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's not fair to say that the Titans dominated either. Far from it. And the the results, e- either of those games could very easily have gone the other way. Um, the the game in Nashville was, I'd argue, decided by the overtime coin toss, uh, and then then you have a. In in Houston, with plenty on the line for the Titans, anyway, um, well, it, just, yeah. it just shows you how these these games matter, regardless.
0: Yeah, we had the the, the failed two point conversion, which was obviously a bit ill fated. I think they wanted to try and kill it um, just because they couldn't defend the run all last season, and then, you know even it was even worse with Derek. You know Derek Henry's kind of, um, sort of rambush just running style, I suppose. The, um <laughs> yeah, I think it's just the yeah, I think you you've seen the you saw last year and even you know, and then it you know, a terrible uh call in terms of the defensive formation. Um, lets them get a field goal at the last minute in week seventeen when we probably should have won that game as well if it'd been a bit more clinical. So, um, you know, we weren't a good team last year. Um, I think you know, Watson covered up a lot of stuff and he can you know, he did that in nineteen and then in twenty it just kinda of got a little bit too much for him, um, to kinda of cover up some of the the front office decisions that were made elsewhere um, that kind of weakened the team systematically to a point where we were just functionally not good in the trenches on the defensive side of the ball, which just allowed us to not be in contention in games and, you know, Tennessee's whole game is, you know, based around a kind of really reasonably simple, um, you know, zone run scheme um, that, that's, that, that they, they do really well. And, you know, you saw that even when you got David Quisenberry playing left tackle towards the end of the year, you know, um, the, the, the system of Arthur Smith. Um, and his play calling, you know, was second turn, and that's what got him the job in Atlanta. So, yeah, I, I'm interested to see where that um, how that will change because you had the, the, the brain drain almost by Dean Pease leaving, and then you've got kind of a similar thing on the other side of the ball, um, you know. So, I think it'll be, yeah, I think the Colts have probably from you. You know, definitely got the best roster. Um, you know, one to fifty-two. They've just probably not maybe not nailed the quarterback uh, section. That perhaps you could argue if he continues to 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 be a revelation, it still is a revelation in many ways. Tannehill, then, yeah, I think I'm I'm struggling to see a scenario where you know it's not another clean sweep for Tennessee this year because this is kind of what I've called Year Zero of the rebuild, and you know it's it's almost like a reset year before we can even start building. So um, it should be expansion uh, level, kind of uh, expansion team level levels of competitiveness. A lot of journeymen, um, a lot of guys who are older. I think we're the 32nd oldest roster in the league, so. Um, yeah, you, th- you think if, if Tennessee can rush the passer, if they can find a way to do that and Bud Dupree hits um, and, you know, you've got Caleb Farley to pay off and you can get a bit better on the back end, sure's shows up that defence um, if if but if Bowen can call it well. Um, but I think um, Shane Bowen is a good advert for the the, the, de- the degeneration of the strain of a national football coach. <laughs> can put on a man because <laughs> he looks well beyond his years, doesn't he? So, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so yeah i think yeah there's a lot of, there's a lot of ifs buts, buts and maybes i think for tennessee but yeah look i, I can't really see many ways in a deshaun watts less either um you know and there's obviously kind of flashback in the news in the last couple of days of people reporting to train camp but yeah i would think you know tennessee will have the number again this year um just by having a far better roster and obviously you got julio jones in there um and to the mix as well so you're going to struggle to play cover two against uh against a, against a uh, an offense that runs the ball really well. So you know it looks quite a potent, um, a, a potent kind of a combination with two big bodies on the outside yeah. and, a, and a big runner. So yeah, look, I think they're, they're shaping up well on the on the offensive side of the ball. I think the big question is, um, and for Mike Vrabel, it's just kind of he put a defensive um, squad together, um, with John Robinson that's actually going to be competitive because I think that's been the biggest weakness of Tennessee, isn't it? And just the the defense kind of let them down. You saw that in the playoffs and. Um, you know, you've got you've got all the makings of a spine there, you know, right up from Jeff Simmons and uh, you know, Bayard Caro and all these kind of guys. So you know there's a lot of uh there's a there's a lot of strength to that roster, but um they're just gonna have to find a way to rush the pass and be better on pass defence because you saw, you know, we weren't, uh, I know we led the league in passing yards last year, but, you know, we. I think, you know, probably some of our, our best performances were against Tennessee's past defence because they just, you know, they didn't have the, the rush up front or the coverage ability in behind to, to, to neutralise people. So, yeah, I think it's a big question mark for them, but yeah, I think it's going to be them in Indianapolis for the division and I think the, the biggest question is for probably Tennessee's and probably not even somebody on their own squad, but it's, it's Carson Wentz applicable. Um can he can he get back yeah. even to functional? And if he can then you know the cult you know, the cults are with a good chance here.
2: Uh, imagine the cults with Sean Watson. I, actually I don't want to no, I don't want to do that. Well you know there's, um, o- there's only I mean there
0: is you know, I think in all realistic terms if you know the as you said by the time this goes out there, but realistically there's only Miami, New York, Philadelphia, um, and Detroit who have got enough uh, picks, you know, over the next two uh, years yeah, that, that- yeah, there there's only five. It was
2: more uh, more a comment about team <laughs> needs, really. Yeah. Um, oh no, definitely. But I think you know, events
0: might pan out there. I don't know. You just you just you just don't know. But I mean, I would say you know, and talk about rivalry. I would say that there is definitely a, a an element of rivalry between the Colts. Um, you know, and, and a desire to beat them just because they've had a number for far longer um, with the Peyton Manning yeah. years than Andrew Block and everything. So you know, I think when we when we did finally beat them in Indianapolis. Uh, we went up on the road in 2015. I think we hadn't beat them until then, you know. So there's a, you know, there was a kind of definitely a rivalry there. I think probably more so with them, and maybe even the Patriots than there is against uh, Tennessee. But
2: uh, would, yeah, would yeah. they be, from your perspective, would the Colts be your biggest rivals?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, probably yeah that's what was they've been the watermark in the division for a long time haven't they um you know for for most yeah. of the years of the yeah. South, so uh yeah i mean they were blessed with two quarterbacks you know it was only really them and uh green bay wasn't it they kind of went from one great to another and just kind of could, couldn't miss stuff you know um so so yeah i think that they've kind of they've uh they, yeah they've been the the, the sort of class of the division i suppose as my note in many ways but yeah I've never been a massive fan of division I, I kind of think it almost kind of creates false rivalries in many ways I don't know why they, they when they went to the 17 game schedule if they had to do that um, why you just didn't play two rotational uh, opposite uh, conference games and just play every team in the AFC every year and then you get you know and then when you get to the playoffs um, it's NFC versus AFC right the way through so it gives you a bit more variance I think when you get the repeat you don't you, you know because if you play your we've played you guys three times um, in a year and we've played Indianapolis three times in a year and I think it just takes and adds a lot of repetition and I don't think it necessarily engenders rivalry more aboard them I think you know the amount of times I've seen us play the Colts because um, you know first ball problems but I think there was you know because it obviously just repeats and there's always going to be a divisional game you know either side of most of, of most weeks um, on your schedule so you've got a you know, it kind of it is re- it's re- repetitive in that sense, and uh, one of the reasons why I got into this was because Scottish football was the definition of repetitive. You know, <laughs> so, so, so you know, it kind of plays into that and probably nullifies the product somehow. So, I think you know, there's probably smarter changes the league could have made than the ones have done from the 17 because playing these teams home and away, I don't think it really creates anything. Look, and, and I understand other teams in the you know the more sort of vintage franchises you know the Cincinnati Pittsburgh you know the Ravens all the you know like kind of all the older school East East team or East Coast teams um I think it probably helps them and it obviously helps uh Dallas New York and Philly get themselves on the television more so I don't think they'll ever vote to change it um but uh but yeah I, I think that perhaps uh, from an AFC South perspective rivalry in its truest sense is a bit overplayed
2: yeah. I, I, possibly that just boils down to it the division not being 20 years old yet i mean in in terms of you know before 2002 um the tight it was only the jags that were in the same division as the titans um, so the the other other rivalries are new or maybe manufactured as you say Um if you're the the nfc east you've been playing each other for years um so it's it's maybe a bit different or yeah both uh, as you say Um where I mean, at the risk of talking twenty twenty one, if you just want to give a season prediction for the the Texans, assuming, well, making assumptions about the Sean Watson at time of recording, and um, we don't know, um, so this may this may sound silly, um, but what are your expectations, or or also, um, well, a ceiling and a floor maybe for the Texans this year?
0: Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's, it's can they fundamentally shoot up the? the basics on either side of the ball. Um couldn't stop the run last year. Probably got a run heavy schedule and a run heavy division. Um so I think, you know, can we can we start to learn can we learn how to defend the run um as a unit and a new defence, a new coordinator and new players. Um are JJ Wattless, era for the first time um in a long time. Um we may be Deshaun Watson less um as well, which is never thought that would be the situation in twenty twenty one. But it appears we've managed to get herself into that sort of mess and it looks you know nigh on irreversible I don't think anything's there's always time for change and, and things like that um but it didn't seem that way um so I think there's there's definitely a lot, lot to um a lot to be discovered um with this team this year and I think just you know there's just it's a lot of kind of journeymen coming off injury type of guys so you know the ceiling I think is very much in a sort of four or five win team Uh, With Tyrod Taylor under center, and you know the floor could be depending if they get injuries. You know, like any team, it can bottom out a bit, and you know maybe only one or two wins, and we're you know picking the top two. I think there's a balance to be had, really, because you want to find players in this roster um, that will be able to be here and be competitive when you know when you when your cycle turns around a bit, and you are uh, you know perhaps in contention to play off in three or four years' time. Um, But for you know, for right now, I think there's 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 a sort of element of, do you want to be last and, and and get the first overall pick. But you know, bar a few, um, we've we've had a lot of over drafted guys in the last couple of years. One hit one one year wonders at the college level, um, and there's probably only two guys: Sam Howell and uh, Spencer Rattler, and the latter who I'm not really interested in, um, just from a character standpoint. I think you that you you know that might not necessarily shoe you up and I, and I almost think we're. We're probably that bad on paper um, and that much to be built. then actually, you probably don't, it's probably too early to take a quarterback unless he's a, you know, an Alex Smith type. I'm uh, sorry, a, a, a Andrew Luck or a, uh, you know, a Peyton Manning or one of these guys who is, you know, I in, in theory, uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be in the division and he's that, but they don't come around very often. So unless there's a can't miss, can't look past guy, then which I'm not sure yet, we'll find out after another year of college tape and a full year, a non, well, a non COVID for many parts of America, as they seem to. I've dealt with that in a very different uh, way um, to the rest of Europe. Um, yeah. that, um, that they'll that they'll 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 be able to manage it, and it'll be more like a normal season. So you will find out a lot more about these guys. But yeah, it's a balance between being a, a sort of five, five win team, maybe at best. You know, some if some of those late games that you know went against us last year, we talked about one in Nashville, one in Houston, the final week of the year. If they go out for you a couple of times, then you might be looking at four or five wins. But I think it's probably in this sort of two to three range is more realistic. But um, you know, stranger things have happened
2: i think whatever you say come week 18 in Houston um it won't be easy whatever whatever's on the line for for either t- well certainly so for certainly for the titans it's never easy um thanks very much for for coming on the chatting um it's been good to catch up um, for anyone well i was about to say for Texans fans listening to this um you know they'll they'll number at least in their their thousands um where can they catch your podcast
0: yeah i think the uh, the curve of uh... Fan acquisition of foreign <laughs> markets has probably stemmed itself <laughs> due to the dysfunction on uh, Kirby Drive. But yeah, no, you can check it out. Um, all the stuff at podcasttexans.com. It's the turn up for what podcast we're doing stuff right throughout the off season. Um, and we've been speaking to people all over the globe. But we're just trying to make sense of you know the sorry mess or the self-implosion that uh, the uh, second generation ownership has has uh, put herself in. But uh, yeah, we, we keep plodding on. Um, and we're hopefully taking some uh, solace in all the misery because when the good times roll around again they'll probably mean that a little bit more so uh yeah if you've not checked it out come and come and join us
2: excellent um thanks again all the best for this season except for for two of your games of course
0: yeah as well as a week 17 and is it week 9 or 10 or something like that's the first one so first one um so yeah no no be good be good Um, good to have football back come come back around and uh it's quite a long old off-season, particularly I when mean, your team's in a bit of a mire, so looking forward to it. But thank you again for having us, chaps. Much appreciated.
2: So there we go. Um, we haven't necessarily saved the team we hate the most till last, but arguably we've uh, saved the person we hate the most till last, haven't we, Greg? Absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, that's an absolute given. I mean, there's uh, we've got some friends here to come and, and talk about teams, and then we've got a Colts fan.
1: Um, yeah, who we have no real association with. and yeah a mutual hatred of
2: yeah it's amazing he agreed to do it quite frankly
1: i um, mean the only reason you'll see at the end is he kind of plugged his own podcast so i mean i'm pretty sure that's the only reason that he's uh, that he came on in the first place but that's... he has he has
2: a podcast does he
1: oh apparently, apparently so it's
2: should we cut right. should we cut that bit out
1: should yeah. we cut like if we, we probably should actually oh, but that, we'll that just that leave, leave really it a it, it, it. tease with he has a podcast and see if people can actually find it okay we'll
2: bleep his name out as well, let's so do that
1: too. You won't be, won't be able just to. Just looking point. for a Colts fan who has a podcast, <laughs> and then we'll just see a couple of uh, a couple of other teasers in there in terms of what the podcast could be, because yeah. it might not even be American football. You never know. Oh, uh, I mean,
2: it's it, well, it is. It's mostly about the Indianapolis Colts, quite frankly. Yeah, true. It's not supposed <laughs> to be either. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, we would say anything different than we'd say to his face um here is Nate Oro to talk about the Indianapolis Colts and we'll let him plug his podcast go on then joining Greg and myself to discuss I I don't know if the Colts are the Titans most bitter rival um if that's the right way of putting it um but divisional rivals and the Indianapolis Colts the Indianapolis Colts this is a good start isn't it um Nate ORO is here to to talk about his team. Why don't you tell me who they are? Because I can't even pronounce it.
5: Uh, the Baltimore, no, sorry, the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> um, I don't know if I don't know if we're your fiercest rivals. You don't have any, I do you? Like you've never, you've not been good long enough to have really good rivalries at the moment. I think. Well,
1: <laughs> no, no, no I dis- Disagree entirely. We've hated a lot of teams and a lot of for for a long, long time. That's that's what happens when you're basically rubbish for years. But you just anyone... end up hating everyone. They may care? they
2: may not know who we are. Does
5: anyone care about the Titans? Does anyone care about the Titans? Does anyone other other than the Titans? Does anyone care? No, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll, I'll be I'll be kinder. I care about the Titans. You're definitely
1: rival now. Houston definitely care about us. They're still bitter about the fact they still think that they're the Oilers. So they they definitely care. Yeah, but
5: <laughs> but that's that's just a small team mentality, isn't it? Like they care about <laughs> every, they, they just got their backs up. They they care about absolutely everyone they come into contact with
4: like i mean, think yeah. the <laughs> whole start.
5: premise of Good this start.
2: podcast is is to kind of chat with chat with our rivals um in a friendly way but what we seem to keep end up doing is to team up and then slag someone else who probably is part of the same podcast <laughs> um i mean we know, can Texans we can flip are. it and go for someone else if you like yeah who aren't we talk i mean the, the story- cowboys oh the cowboys well I mean, I uh, I mean, we all hate, we all hate the Pats, right? I mean.
5: Yeah, yeah, but I mean that's a given because everyone who isn't a Pat hates the Pats.
2: Yeah, true, that's very true. I mean, other than Pat Jackson, um, there are no good Pats in <laughs> the world,
5: and that's debatable. But... <laughs>
2: wow! Wow! No, I, like, well, I, like, well. I mean, Pat, that's the that's I, the first person ever who's made a
1: negative comment <laughs> towards Pat Jackson.
5: <laughs> uh, no, have you seen chat That's definitely not the first person <laughs> to make a negative <laughs> comment about him. I like that. I'm joking. I like that. His, <laughs> he, his, his team are proper proper dodgy, but I, I like that. He's he's cool. Um, this, the Steelers this definitely um, hasn't gone uh, weird. We need to season. we need to go at the Steelers because they are proper scum,
1: ain't they? Yeah, <laughs> Everything about
5: them—the organisation, the, the fans—just.
1: I mean, they they no hard. one's going to like them until until Big Ben's gone, really, are they? Because and even then, really, like mm. nothing to
5: like about that organisation other than it got blown up on Batman.
1: Let's <laughs> be careful about what how how we uh, talk about certain people on this podcast thing, because we could definitely get in some serious trouble for calling
2: certain people certain things that I'm definitely not going to mention. Uh, we we but... we we're, were getting very close there. We're not going to go there. <laughs> um, let's talk about the the Indianapolis Colts. There you go. I said that I said it correctly. Hey. Um, I mean, it's like a lot of our rivals now. It's a relatively new rivalry, I suppose. The the Colts were in the the AFC East before the divisions got realigned. Um, So 2002 was the first time we played Mm. in the same division. Um, Since then, it's fair to say the Colts, on balance, uh, it's probably 50-50. Who am I kidding? The Colts have had our, our number pretty much since then. But it hasn't been fair, Nate. It hasn't been fair. 1998, the Colts draft Peyton Manning. Who plays for what thirteen seasons? Then get then gets an injury. Colts tank for a year. Then you draft Andrew Luck, who the Titans have, I think, pretty much. No, we've never beaten Andrew Luck. Um, so it just hasn't been fair. Um, I assume that's why you're a Colts fan. Um, no know, I, gl- glory hunting kind of. That's the um, sort of guy you are, isn't it?
5: no uh, actually no no um i picked i picked the colts 30 seconds before the kickoff of the 2007 super bowl i'd never watched a second of football before that wow okay um, the, the
2: one in the pouring rain and in... yeah where
5: the where the uh, bears scored uh, the i think the first super bowl kickoff return touchdown i was
2: like hester, I hester ma- wasn't it you i made that,
5: a yeah. great i made a great choice here didn't i <laughs> um but i stuck with them and then you know there was several years where i kind of I'd watch the Super Bowl and that's as much attention as I'd pay other than occasionally going, oh, I wonder how the Colts are doing.
2: Yeah. I mean, you could have gone with Rex Grossman. So you you probably made, yeah, I'm not going to say the Colts were the right choice, but in that game, they were the right choice.
5: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we won it and um, I'm definitely happier now being a Colts fan than I would be if I was a Bears fan.
2: Uh, yeah, that's fair. So... I can't really, can't really argue with that. I don't think you can really sit there and
1: say you're not a glory hunter when you just said 30 seconds before a Super Bowl, you chose one of the teams who was in it, though. That kind of goes against, like, surely a little bit of thinking, oh, no, I'm, I'm definitely, that's like,
4: I'm It's not like not, a, I'm
1: definitely not a glory what you, hunter. What are you
2: going to do if you're watching a Super Bowl for the first time? Pick one of the other 30 teams. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah I mean, yeah, I mean to be cool. me fair. And it's not, I mean, it's
5: not like there was a sustained period of success that went, meant I went, they're the best team. I'm just going to go with thing. them.
1: That's the good thing with the NFL, though. You don't generally get that. I mean, obviously, apart from the Pats, obviously had that yeah. for a little bit. There hasn't really been that. I guess Dallas years and years ago, maybe, but you don't get that, which is what's great. No,
5: no but, but yeah, yeah. It, it, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's glory hunting. It's uh, you know, I just there were two teams in front of me. I picked one, didn't care whether they won or not. I just sort of went with one, and here we are.
2: You know, they, no, they no, never don't won worry. Super Bowl since so fourteen uh,
5: years later, I've been in more. Super Bowls new though, aren't we? In the last,
2: well, more than zero is, is, <laughs> is, is. one. One the same amount too. So. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, no, we won one.
2: What? When was
1: that? What year was that?
2: Yeah, the, that's, oh, that's, seven
1: that's seven. Yeah. oh, of course, yeah. Sorry. Because
5: yeah. we beat the Bears and then we lost. Oh, that was making more. We no, we lost lost a few years later to the Saints. You know, yeah, like,
2: that's that's what I was thinking of. In a miserable game. The onside kick game. Yeah. So that's just not. Well, we we can talk about that. Yeah, if we're going to talk about
5: onside kicks, let's let's talk about Pat McAfee doing it on a regular basis.
2: Or we could talk about that fourth down play where you have three guys lining up. Or, <laughs> officially or the worst,
5: officially the worst play in NFL history, and the one that lost <laughs> Chuck Pagano his job. So, quite frankly, I loved it.
2: <laughs> poor old Chuck. Poor old Chuck. He
5: was he's a he's a great defensive coach, but he's not a head coach caliber coach. Um, he's just not.
2: I mean. I, I'm happy to go straight to some of the, the flaws that the Colts have had over the past 20 or so years. Um, but <laughs> it's it's hard to ignore. I mean, going going back to when your fandom started, you know, the, the yes. 2000s, you know, we're up against Peyton Manning twice a year. And yeah. since he's, well, since he went to the Broncos, really, but more more since he's retired, okay. I can really appreciate the player that he was. Um, it was no fun facing him twice a year he just had total command of everything he was doing like ev- yeah. every single play it felt like he's calling 10 audibles um i don't know how his own team could work out what he was doing <laughs> but like they, they could um so how you how you work out what he's up to as a defense he's just he was just one step ahead constantly um yeah, yeah he didn't have, he incredible. didn't maybe have the arm of someone else or the legs of someone else but bloody hell up top and it was and it was a big enough forehead um, there was so much there and just unbelievable player one of the best to ever play the game it wasn't fair as i say
5: well i mean was it not fair
2: <laughs> well the colts the colts, the colts
5: were crap for a few years drafted a good quarterback i think that's pretty fair that's the whole point of the draft isn't it yeah
4: yeah, yeah. but you're not to supposed help, to do help it.
5: to help to help the bad teams you're not supposed to do it so successfully just because just teams don't tend to do it so successfully anymore.
2: I mean, I, I'm just really bitter because we're going up against him with, yeah. you know, Kerry Collins or you know, Rusty I Smith f- or Matt Mork. I'd,
5: I'd feel the same way if I were in your shoes, probably. But I'm not gonna lie. But you know, for, like I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say it's unfair. It's I can understand it being frustrating, incredibly frustrating, mm. but unfair. If we're going to talk about unfair, let's talk about the fact that Ryan Grigson was in charge of the team when Andrew Luck was around and he single-handedly ruined his career. He must be your favourite GM of all time, right? Uh,
1: <laughs> I, don't can, I don't think we can really say favourite when we, as Adam said earlier,
2: oh, he's,
4: never he's, be in, never being Andrew Luck. So his he's really team. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah I mean, but he'd, Andrew Luck would still be playing for the Colts, arguably, if it wasn't for Ryan Grigson. Um, yeah, his failure to, to draft, of, draft
5: well.
2: Remember that Very glorious true. year, 2011, between Manning and Luck, where the Colts were awful. We still lost to them.
1: <laughs> Didn't we? Wasn't it like five years in a row that we lost to the Colts from about 2011 onwards, though, or something like that? Uh, 2011,
5: you, sure. you you won uh, on the 30th of October, 2011. Not that I'm counting. Uh, and then you didn't win again until uh, the sixteenth of October, twenty seventeen.
1: Okay, So not quite, quite a run, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that. That I mean that is just considering we're playing you twice a year. Yeah, is, uh, in two thousand and
5: eleven. It was three times that year. Of course, huh?
1: Of course. What?
2: That makes no. Well, Three I mean,
5: times? yeah, the end of, of the twenty ten season. Yeah, one of them was okay. one of them was the January prior. So. Don't, doesn't really count, but I'm just gonna throw it in there because
2: why, why not? You know. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean we could spend all <laughs> night doing the maths on how many times you've beaten us, but yeah, it's it's a few. 38
5: 38 Sorry, thirty-five times to seventeen.
2: Okay. Should we use this audio, Greg?
1: <laughs> I don't even know what we're doing there, to be honest. I mean. <laughs> This this really seemed like a nice and good idea uh, when we first uh, originally thought. Yeah, hey, let's get let's get a Colts fan on. We'll have a bit of a laugh and blah blah blah. No, I'm now impressed. Sorry.
5: sorry and... Let's 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 move away from the fact that the Colts have had your number. And let's talk about more recent times.
1: But I mean... to, to be fair, even then, <laughs> it's it's still it's pretty 50-50. Still, yeah, exactly. I mean that's a because fit- we we normally end up with a punter who decides to punt it out at your our own twenty yard line. But a that's FedEx, gone a driver,
5: you mean?
2: Yeah, absolutely. But we won't talk about him. <laughs> Bringing it closer to the present, it has been more even. Yeah, um, in the last few years, and that that makes it. Well, obviously, it's more fun. Um, you know, rivalries are meant to be fun. Mm. It's you know, if we didn't, we didn't love to all hate each other as teams, and you know, we didn't. You know, in, enjoy getting one up over the other. Then it wouldn't be any fun following the sport, would it? So this is this is part of why we all love it. Yeah. Um, and when the Colts and the Titans are both competitive, which which we have been on occasion, I could think mm-hmm. of um, you know, when the Titans made the playoffs, sort of 07-08, and um, when Vince Vince Young and the a great defense back then, and, and well, going back to you know the Eddie Eddie George game, he ran all over the Colts and. You know, back in in those sort of that that era with McNair and George, yeah, you know, it was Jeff Fisher, phenomenal defenses, and you know they were that was a good rivalry at the, at those times. It was newer, obviously, and um, but now I think we've got that again. Um, you know, two really strong teams. I mean, twenty twenty one, I think most people are of the opinion that both our teams should be making the playoffs, and and possibly further. And this this is how this is how it should be. This should be enjoyable. You know, I'd be surprised if we didn't win one each again this year.
5: Yeah, I've got I, I've uh, I've got a got a split in split in the games again. Um, and I kind of like I kind of like that it's uh, it's that way. Um, I think when when rivalries become one sided, it kind of kills the rivalry um at least you know the team that is in the ascendancy right like it kind of kills it it's like well you know you're not our rivals anymore because there's no challenge here and certainly for like for that run of game that run of time when the colts were winning games at a canter for for the majority you kind of relish it because it's like ah oh, it's an easy win but they weren't any they weren't they weren't often very fun to watch there are a couple of close games in there but they weren't often that fun to watch i much prefer to watch an edgy, you know, edgy you see back and forth scrap of a game, then a blowout yeah. every single time because it just gets dull. It gets dull when you, you know, like like you know, like watching the Jaguars most of the time. It's just boring.
2: <laughs> oh, may, maybe not this year. They're probably a bit more optimistic. Um, could be the Texans this year. Yeah, um, yeah, that, probably that, that could be them. But I, I do feel uh, maybe you've had it better than us over the years but yeah. even when the titans are strong favorites against the divisional rival i'm never quite that relaxed about it whether it's the jags the texans whoever it is it's, it's just there's there's always that extra edge
5: it's really difficult to 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 keep yourself up and really confident even against divisional rivals that you think "Oh, these guys are rubbish because form and everything goes out you know, to a point. A certain point goes out the window doesn't it when you come to these big derby games these big rivalry games you know like we saw Colts Jags first week last season there was no yeah, way right. there was no way in hell after 20 minutes of that game that I was, that I, that I was sat there thinking the Jags are going to win this game but the Jags drove down the field and scored the Colts drove down the field and scored and then the Colts did it again and the Colts did it again and I was like yeah alright it's easy game over sit back and then second half Second half came out and the Jags, to fair play to them, really turned it around, up their game and came back and won the game. And the Colts just were nowhere, just in disarray from the from start of the second half right away for ECN. It was dreadful. This, you can't rely on your form because it means more, doesn't it? A game against a divisional rival just means more and players come out just and they're just different, aren't they?
2: Yeah, it, I totally agree. Um I mean, where we we had a few years as the AFC South was seen as a bit of a a joke division as well. Um, uh, it's it's really pleasing that the NFC East seems to have taken that title away, um, because yeah, the the idea of a division winner. You know, I think a couple of years where the, the Texans won the division at sort of eight and eight, and then sort of out in the first round of the playoffs, and you 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 become by association the laughing, the stock, laughing yeah. stock of the NFL. and um, yeah, that's that's not the AFC South anymore, which is great. Um, I yeah. still think a lot of the world sees it like that.
5: Absolutely, yeah. I was, was going to say I think that a lot of people still see us as a bit of like a cute division, for a bit like, oh, you know, they're not very good. But it's not the case, uh, and people are going to wake up to that scene when the Colts and Texans, not Texans, Colts and Titans, probably are both regularly pushing for going beyond the wild card and i think you know we've, we've we've both got a setup in our organization that is going to support that it's not just good rosters we have but we've got people behind the scenes that actually genuinely make um are looking like they're making wise decisions and they're managing managing things like cap properly and you know they're drafting sensibly and it you know it's not always the most exciting you know for, the, for a Colts fan we don't go for free a big free agent talents we just don't because you know it's dangerous just splurge all your money on rubbish players like the pats have done this (laughs) offseason um and it's uh it's 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 a dangerous dangerous way of playing the game sure you might you might have a year of success but it ain't gonna last it's not sustainable
2: i mean i think that depends where you are if if you've got if you think you've got a roster that's kind of a a very short Super Bowl window then it might be worth that gamble I think that arguably that's that's where we are a little bit potentially Um, it's where we were
1: last year I mean that's that's why Titans spent the money on players like Clowney last year is because it was a case of we know that was an area that was we needed to improve pass rush and and he should have come in and did a hell of a lot more than what he ended up doing but so I think it does depend but I was gonna my, my question for you is um is around Wentz, and is around yeah, yeah. your 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 thoughts on? Uh, are we going to see the Carson Wentz of was it 2016, 2017 whatever the year it was, that he kind of came out and had that MVP year yeah. with the Colts, or are we going to see the the struggles of the last couple of years? For
5: um, it's 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 a very good question, and it's one that no one has the answer to. Um, we I think for, as a Colts fan, uh, and you know as a as a 2017 Wentz fan because I I was watching him I was like this guy is serious um I uh I think he we have to see it don't we we have to see that whether we do or not um I don't know I'm uh, I'm I'm trying to be uh, a little bit me- a little bit more sensible than just go yeah he's gonna kill it he's gonna crush everyone we right right and Wentz are back together and here we go um I'm I am letting myself start to get a little bit more excited than I was. I mean I wasn't excited about the trades to begin with. I'll be honest, when the news came out that Stafford was going to the Rams, I was really pissed off that the Colts hadn't gone and taken him. I, um, I,
2: I just sort to jump in, I if the Colts had Matthew Stafford this year, I would be seriously scared. Um yeah. they that that's the position they need to they need to know. I don't think they've got any other concerns almost anywhere. The coaching staff, uh, uh,
5: um, wide receiver. Well, yeah, you, you've got some,
1: I still think you've got some decent wide receivers. I, I think you you've got two. some. I don't think you've got any stars, but realistically, you've got you've got receivers that Stafford would be able to find.
2: Oh, yeah. well, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it, that position could be the difference between the Colts being kind of nine and eight, ten and seven, there or thereabouts, might lose a wild card game to. Absolutely dominating football, yeah. seriously. Yeah. yeah. Um,
5: no, I I agree. I agree. And I that's why I was really hot on it. Um I mean in the end, obviously the price was a little bit inflated because they ended up taking taking golf and getting a bit extra in return for it, right? But I'm it's uh it was it was an expensive deal. Um so it's kind of like uh well you know, it's a lot of draft capital, and I'm not, I'm not often worried about trading away picks too much, like because it's only ever potential, isn't it? It's only ever you're trading potential for sometimes like guaranteed quality, particularly with Matthew Stafford. I don't care what people say about his record with the Lions. That organization has failed him miserably. Um, he's got a dreadful postseason record, but I, you can't you can't put it on him when he's only getting there once every ten years don't think that's yeah. on his shoulders, um, completely on his shoulders at least. Um, it's we would have been unreal, unreal with Matthew Stafford, but we've got Carson Wentz. He's more mobile than um, than Philip Rivers was. Um,
2: so, so would you be though?
5: Yeah. Well, mm, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> he's he's got the potential to reclaim reclaim his form. You know, things just obviously in Philly behind the scenes were really bad and really toxic. The fact that, you know, he, he's come out and Philly media, Philly fans, Philly players have come out ripping him. It's a horrible, it's clearly been a horrible environment for him to be in. So I'm not surprised things went when it went south. Um, that being said, you know, the Colts have, I think, you know, the Colts, certainly from what I can see, the Colts have a really close knit, like family of players. I hate
2: saying it, but it really comes across that way. Oh, um, it, it it does. I think it has for it has for a long time actually. And it's and it,
5: ever since ever since Ballard and Reich came in, it just everything changed in the organisation. And it's just it's I genuinely think it's the perfect place for him to go and get his career back on track and perform. He's got a, an unbelievable line, you know. Hopefully Eric Fisher can recapture his form, but if not. We've still got four, you know. I'd say I'd argue the other four guys on the line are probably all in the top twenty-five, thirty players, maybe twenty uh, of offensive linemen. They're I was I was worried
2: it was going to get here and you waxing lyrical about the Colts offensive line. Um, but, I'm surprised it took this long.
5: But why? But why wouldn't I? Because it's unreal.
2: Well, be, quite, because it's one of the most boring things that anybody <laughs> could possibly talk about.
5: <laughs> but look. We're talking about giving Carson Wentz the opportunity to to recapture his his form, and that's what you got to do. You have got to protect
2: him, and boy, is he protected! Oh, um, it's mean, it's it's the opposite of the Grigson effect, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. is.
5: It is Look, you you can't blame me for being excited about a good offensive line <laughs> when hard. I had to when I had to sit there watching him draft players like Henry Anderson. Uh, it just doesn't you know, and just rubbish for years. Rubbish. Um,
2: if if don't one, don't forget thing, the Trent Richardson trade i mean i'm not can't gonna forget that yeah, yeah. i'm
5: not gonna forget yeah for a 2014 first round pick for trent richardson who to, uh, who last year was it last year no the year before uh led the all-american football league or whatever that thing was called in in russian touchdowns just a fun little stack about trent richardson who no one cares about and probably no one even knows who he is Just <laughs> a drop in.
2: that's decent who was second no, don't 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 worry don't worry don't, don't know but they were six behind when it
5: when the league folded, so he, he was really going
2: guns.
1: Just on on Carson Wentz, and I think I'm I'm actually I think the Colts is the only team that I think he could have gone to that I genuinely thought made sense. I think he could if he had gone, let's just say for argument's sake, someone like the Rams or anywhere like that's that's got that kind of me, big media focus on yeah. them. He, he probably would have I just can't see it working out i think with the colts he's got himself actually into a team that with respect and because we're in the same boat you you don't get a lot of of national need no, no you, we're don't, not you a big, don't get big
5: market
1: exactly and and you don't get um you know he's going to as you say he's got the offensive line in front of him now that should protect him a lot better than the eagles certainly did do for the last three years or so i think there is potential we could see that that Carson went from 2017 again and if we do i mean i'm i'm not going to be happy about it from a, from a titans perspective but from from his perspective i think it would be great to see um just hopefully he won't do it in the two games we play against you but outside of that i think um one thing with the colts that certainly in the last three or four years has been a sturdy defence that you guys have that that is is no, no, more often than not pretty, pretty solid um and that's something that you know we've We've lost in more recent times, um, yeah. and I think if you kind of merge these two teams together almost and take our offense, your defense, you'd probably have a, a very much a Super Bowl contender. Uh, not to say we're not Super Bowl contenders in our outrights, really,
2: but oh, the, the Titans' offense and Colts' defense would be something to behold. Absolutely, it really would. Do you not agree with your that with your defense is?
1: is at that level or we've
5: got, we, we've got some unbelievable players on our defense. Um, and last year was a big step up. Um, there are, there, there, I've always got concerns about our defense. I have for the last decade and they're still not completely gone. Like you can, you know, I can name, I can name several like stars, but it's the backup crew that are a little bit concerning from time to time. Um, I don't think
1: there's uh, a team in the league that Rock- can honestly say the backups are.
5: Uh, no, 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 maybe not. Uh, but the uh, Colts have been like like, like Rocky I've seen, uh is one that stands out as being really targetable. He's very like he was a quite he, he was like an All American college wrestler, right? So he's very <laughs> hand he's very very handsy still, and he needs to lose it because he costs us yards every game, every single game. He cost us that game against the Bills with a stupid penalty just at the end of the first half. Like, they'd got to fourth down. they failed to convert. The ball was back in our hands. We were three points up. We had a minute or so left to go and maybe, you know, stretch the lead. You know, you could, a minute on the clock, you've got time to drive down and take a field goal, possibly, possibly go for the full, full score, right? Instead, uh, he, 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 he blows it. He, I think it was, I think it was holding. I don't think, no, it wasn't holding. No, it would have been pass interference. Just a stupid, stupid penalty. Like, there's no need for the penalty at all. It's gone. They go and score. And we, you know, we did well to kind of stay in touch with them and keep coming back. They score, we score. They score, we score. And there was three points in it at the end. You know, I don't think anyone thought the Colts were going to be as close to the Bills as we were. We could have won that game.
2: Really could have won that game. Um, I'd like to say I can't relate to that kind of thing. Uh, But... (laughs) Well, I I do I do look at players like that on the Colts and think that the the setup you've got, the coaching staff you've got, you mm-hmm. those players will either improve or they'll be out the door. And, yeah, so, I mean, I, we it's saw, an organisation saw... I would trust to get those things right.
5: Yeah, so we saw it with uh, Denico Autry. Um, this uh...
2: <laughs> very good. <laughs> I,
5: I I really like Autry. Actually, um, he's again he he can be a little bit culpable sometimes with the. Uh, the, his decision making and he does give away some silly penalties at times but generally speaking he is actually quite I mean he's probably an upgrade for you coming into this season Um and not, not to put down what you had last season at all uh, I just think he's a really good player and I would have and liked Greg, Greg would have been an
2: upgrade on Vic Beasley <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely I, yeah. I would have liked
5: if we'd have kept him around but I don't think I don't think it's that much of a problem for us that he's gone Um I really like a uh, Quickie pay coming in. That was a. That was a. It's a long time since I've seen the Colts make a first round pick that was actually really good. So I was I was excited about that one.
1: After after last year's first round pick for the Titans, I think we were relieved to have someone who seems to be a genuinely nice, normal human being. So
2: Taylor yeah. is still on the <laughs> roster at, at yeah. time of recording. So that's <laughs> that's a plus.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
5: Yeah, no, we are uh, no. Uh, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think going back to you saying that you know te- the Colts defense and the the, the uh, Titans offense, I think we would have a, it would be an unbelievably formidable roster. I think I think if you uh, if you take even if you only took Quentin Nelson and chucked him in there, you've got a Super Bowl team there for sure.
2: Yeah. Well, luckily or unluckily, depending on what your way you look at it, we're not allowed to do that. Um, so we'll we'll keep battling it out. Yeah, I would want to. <laughs> no, it would be it would be a bit weird. Um, there's Travis the Pro Bowl for Stavis. that sort of nonsense. Oh, uh, don't get me which, started. On, don't get me started on that bullshit. <laughs> well, that, I mean that that could be made up of Colts and Titans players the way we're talking about it, and long long way that continue. Um, how how do you? I think we I mean, we did on your podcast the AFC South um, yes preview. Um, I, I could see a splitting the games between each other. Um yeah, I mean, I see you're it that gonna way. say, are you that the Colts are gonna win a division?
5: Yeah, it's gonna be close. It's gonna be one or game one or two games in it either way. And that's me leaning into the fact that I think castlements Wentz probably isn't gonna go two thousand seventeen Wentz, but he's gonna be a big improvement on what we saw from him last year. Uh I think he'll be a slight improvement on what we saw from Philip Rivers last year, who actually had a really, really good season. Um Again, yes. you know, at the beginning of the season, he wasn't—he wasn't amazing, and he probably wasn't amazing all the way through. But he exceeded expectations, and as a, as a fan of a team, you, you know, you can't even ask for someone to exceed exceed your expectations, can you? You have your expectations, and if they meet them, you're happy. And he was—he surpassed what
1: I expected of him, so I was delighted with him. What are you expected from Marlon Mack this year, off the back of an injury?
5: Ah, oh, it's 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 really really tough because that Achilles injuries is so difficult to come back from for. A player who's supposed to be explosive right like it's so difficult you it, like no player uh, no player no running back has ever come back from a uh torn achilles and had a season that matched anything before it
1: so, i mean at least, at least you've got jonathan taylor i guess who who's God, shows yeah, him yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year, and,
5: I mean. and i think i think Na'im Hines as well who's probably one of the most underrated backs in the entire oh, no! Game.
1: it doesn't Naeem hines only shows up one game a year and it's usually against the titans <laughs> I'm pretty uh, sure. no. <laughs> he's
5: he's 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 so slippery and he's so explosive um we we are we we really underuse him um and i think i worry that it's going to continue with mac returning um and then you know even you know, even Wilkins in the backfield is is a really handy guy to have on third downs. I think I think you're probably going to see a combination of Hines and Taylor on third downs, but it's Tyler's it's Tyler's room. But I really hope I really hope Mac can recapture some sort of form, at the, and at the very least, go and get a contract elsewhere. Because I think I think Nahum Hines is probably probably better than Mac from what I've seen of the two. Okay.
2: Um I think we'll probably we'll probably leave it there, chaps. Um I, I we well, I would love to go on all night. Um, but yeah, the <laughs> yeah. this will be a series of like half a dozen podcasts if we're not careful. Um yeah, <laughs> not that not that I'm against that, but that was gonna listen to six of them. <laughs> <laughs> um Nate, where where can people catch your uh your podcast, etc., if they want if they want to hear more of you? I mean, firstly he complains. to this podcast, why would they want to hear more of Nate? But if they really do, tell us how they can.
5: Okay, so yeah, so I'm a host on a, on a
2: show called The Un American Football Show. A um, uh, podcast about the Indianapolis Colts. Go it's
5: on. It's a podcast that I managed to turn into the, uh, being about the Indianapolis Colts more often than I don't. Uh, uh, I, I really, really try to rein it in, and I've told myself off live in the middle of a podcast on more than one occasion about making it about the Colts. <laughs> So I really do try to rein it in and remain impartial, but you know, people say stupid things like Fred Warner's better than Leonard, and I just can't let that lie. So, <laughs> so there we go. Um, but you can find us, yeah, you know, on social media. Uh, I think we're at Tough Show Official because you know, if you don't have official in your name, you're not really official. So we, we chucked it in for bits <laughs> and Googles. Um Anchor, Apple, Amazon, Google, Breaker. Basically, anywhere you can find a podcast, you're probably going to find us on it. Um, and uh, maybe I shouldn't do this because we haven't really announced it, but <laughs> I'm going to announce it. Oh, um, we start. We're going to have. We're going to move from doing one show a week to doing two shows a week next season, and one of them is going to be on YouTube. Um, and uh, we're uh, going to be. The, the the three hosts and myself, Alan Woods who's a Cowboys fan so we never just don't ever talk about him or see him and then uh Ross Crawford uh the three hosts are gonna have a little competition between ourselves predicting the league and predicting games and what have you and uh we're gonna we're gonna film us basically talking shit to each other and <laughs> put it on youtube nice
1: uh, an, ex- an exclusive that people will probably find out before this gets released, but no, appreciate it nevertheless. <laughs> 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 very well.
5: And uh, um, and another no, here you go. Another exclusive. We're supposed to be filming an episode in the next couple of days with Jeff Reinbold. Oh
1: wow! wow. Nice.
5: There you go. There you go. There you go. And and that will Jeff. definitely and that will definitely come out before this one airs, So no mind.
2: Good stuff. <laughs> look forward to Look forward to having and listen excellent stuff yeah going to going on to bigger and better things great stuff yeah. um yeah thanks for thanks for coming on and chatting about the best division in football the afc south absolutely yeah thanks for having me guys it's been a it's been a, a pleasure there we go that's definitely enough from him definitely enough yeah. about the indianapolis colts and probably enough about football in general i don't really understand why this is the, not the first time he's been on our podcast as well i don't really understand why we keep bringing him back We don't know any other Colts fans, though. Mm, True. I think he might be the only one. That would explain a lot. Mm. It's not a very well-supported team in this country. I mean,
1: that's a bit rich coming from Titans fans, I guess. But (laughs) (laughs) I think we we have a podcast that uh, is pretty much for us and us only, isn't it? Uh, And maybe a few people
2: from Nashville who decide to dip in every so often. Yeah, we, we... Some rather, a lot of people do seem to listen to us. How they find us, I don't know. Um, but and to be fair, we're growing in this
1: country as well. I mean, we've um, we've met a few few different fans uh, over the last few years or so, pre-COVID times when we met some uh, some very good Titans fans from the UK. So we are seemingly growing. Probably not to the levels of some teams, but
2: no, I'd, it's, I'd it's argue it's bigger than the levels of the Colts. Weirdly,
1: yeah. I don't know. I think you'll probably see a lot of people like nate who or beginning of 2007 super bowl was he just told us decided oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pick a team who's in the super bowl um but you probably have a few a few more like that i guess and people who were maybe picking football up during peyton manning days or even the andrew luck days because i think they were still relatively fashionable then as well so yeah it probably is more they just don't like i do ever see them never see them anywhere being vocal on twitter <laughs> or anything like that so maybe because
2: they haven't had a lot to shout about but there you go. If if you're a Colts fan or you know a Colts fan who's better than Nate, and um, put them in touch. So we'll chat to him in future yeah. if we need to. Instead, I mean, even if you're or, not or a Colts, Colts fan, but better than Nate, get in touch. We'll probably let you on. Yeah, absolutely. Um Right. Let's uh, let's end this. And I'll I'll bring you something non-Titans related um to end part two. It's been um, a while
1: since we've had one from you, so I'm looking forward to this one.
2: <laughs> it is well it is it's a mostly positive one um and it's breaking bad do you remember breaking bad I Do yeah um you probably watched it at the time when it was out um, I, did, like... I did not and i still haven't oh you still
1: haven't seen it oh right, you've well. got the worst the worst uh guest on with you here for this
2: well that 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 kind of leads me to my point in a way i have watched breaking bad in its entirety for the first time in the last two or three months um, I, for no particular reason, started watching it. i would never seen it. And I'd recommend for anybody who hasn't seen it to do exactly the same. I mean, it. it what you won't get, you won't get spoilers because nobody's talking about it on Twitter, you know, seven or eight years or 10 years later, however old it is now. Um, just watch it because it's one of the best series ever made. It's, wow, has fantastic.
1: I mean, that is genuinely... That's a big, big statement.
2: Best series ever made. I said one of the best. That's not a bit, there, a little bit, it, really? little bit short of that. Um, slightly related to that, I've then started watching, and I'm only a couple of episodes in, to so Better Call Saul, which is like a prequel. Um, yeah. Some of the characters are the, are the same. And tragically hearing today that Bob Odenkirk is in hospital. Um, I don't know if you've heard this. So the, no, the star of, well, the star of both shows, um, he collapsed on set filming the latest series of Better Call Saul. So hopefully he can, he'll pull through and yeah, he'll be crossed. okay. Um, that sounds. And uh, filming in New Mexico in July, I imagine is pretty brutal. So yeah, whatever yeah. whatever's yeah. caused that, hopefully he can. Uh... Hopefully it's nothing serious. Yeah, absolutely. So best best wishes to him. But yeah, if you. Fancy if you've never seen breaking bad like you greg um yeah, get yourself into it i'm gonna have to try and watch it now because
1: it's high praise indeed i'm also a little bit disappointed that it wasn't a rant about the hundred but that's
2: oh, oh i've forgotten about it i've forgotten about the hundred you can
1: have a second one for free if you want
2: no i don't i don't think any i don't think anybody wants to hear that
1: the thing is, this is a perfect opportunity to do it because me and you are both in exact agreement around our feelings around the hundred. So it would literally be the most one-sided view. We wouldn't even have anyone being like, "Oh, I disagree. I think it actually is a, a nice format of cricket, and I think it's good for the game." And I think no one's going to say that. We're basically just going to both sit here hammering it for the next ten
2: minutes. So maybe we'll save that for another podcast. The the day it launched, which was what about a week ago, I put a quite I thought well articulated thread on Twitter about it. So yeah. Search the <laughs> I wouldn't bother. But you could search that out if you like. Um and I haven't watched a ball of it since. But the problem is, I don't want to get into the any of the detail. No one wants to hear that as I say. But the issue now is so many people seem to be watching it and enjoying it. I'm just yeah. gonna get shamed into having a look and I, oh. so, So I so I've
1: I've been very much kind of haven't really been watching it but there's been a couple of times i've been flicking through and, and i'll be honest i think it was the first game i think it was the oval invincibles or whatever they're called playing in the first game and what really annoys me about it is that so as you you know but no, probably no one else will know and no one really cares is that i I'm, I'm a surrey fan i've been for years um and they're trying to push the oval invincibles onto surrey fans as this is your team to adopt because a we play at the oval of course uh and you know be this you know we've got players like jason roy and so on and so forth um and I, I'm just, not, I'm, not, I'm not buying into it, but I, the first time I turned it on, I saw the, the UI on the TV screen of having the, what was it, number of runs on the left-hand side, number of balls on the right-hand side, the weird, like, just completely different way that they've tried to present it on the screen. The, I couldn't work out what the score was. Well, it was all over the place. And I genuinely was like, it took me about, and I've watched cricket for pretty much m- most of my life took me a while to realize okay hold on what the hell is going on here um and it's what annoys me is they're trying to get young people into into the game now i don't mind them starting new formats i'm not a big fan of obviously the whole franchise thing which is ironic as a nfl fan and not only nfl but nhl and many other sports as well that have the franchise but it doesn't work for me because you know they should have just put the money of the marketing into that into the county game which you know has been yeah, the blast is still brilliant. Like T Twenty blast is generally still absolutely brilliant. Um, and if you just put the right kind of marketing into that, or brought this format even into the into the county game, you would have got a lot more joy from it. But what really annoyed me more than anything watching that that kind of first game, is just how they were literally waxing lyricals after every delivery about you know how much fun everyone seems to be having. Just everything around it just just kind of stunk as like. You, you could have you could have given the commentators a script to say right. Make sure you talk about how brilliant this is, even if the game is a complete deadbeat. Talk still about how amazing it is. There's so many kids in there. Well, there's so many kids in there because it costs five to get in. So it's a George, cheap. It's essentially George a cheap. George from day out.
2: Uh, George DeBell from Quick Info. I don't know if you yeah know, know of him. Yeah, um, yeah. he wrote an article and he likened the like all the commentary and all the like the media stuff. He compared it to Kim Jong Un. <laughs>
1: That's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's also very true.
2: Yeah, and yeah, it was it was perfect, really. But just you know, wheel- we're not going to out- see any empty seats or um, any turgid passages of play or anything like that. They're not going to get mentioned. No. But they just it's also so- just they just keep wheeling out a load of line. I mean, they'll keep the Sky Sports, for
1: example, and I'm sure they're wheeled out. You know Kevin Peterson, who somehow has got himself back from South Africa during a during a pandemic. Um, Andrew Flintoff, who's more better known now for Top Gear than he is a cricketer, anyway. You know, rolling these guys back out again to again just give a little bit more than Rob Key sitting there trying to get excited over probably a bacon roll that's just gone past him. But it's <laughs> it's one of those things that's really annoyed me when I was watching it, and uh, just it just and also the best thing or the, one of the best parts of it is that the, the test series is starting next week, I think. I think it's next week. Um, test series is starting next week, which means automatically there's a load of England internationals now who are leaving their 100 teams to go and play for England, which is brilliant because that, for me, takes a massive shine off of... There's so many teams that are relying on the likes of Bairstow and Butler and Stokes who aren't going to be there. So, yeah, I'm hoping it it, it fails miserably and eventually they might actually put some
2: money into the county game because what they're trying to do now is kill the county game, which for everyone the county who, game could have used that amount of money blimey it would have done something very special especially
1: especially for a team like yours like Essex teams like you know the smaller teams like Sussex Derbyshire all those smaller teams that realistically you know could have made some serious money and could have revitalized the game in in this country instead they decided to stick it into a load of franchises that has only really benefited the bigger teams that were already all right anyway um and it's just, if anything, the Royal London Cup that's going on right now is just full of second team players, or you know, basically whoever the hell they could find to play
2: off the time, which yeah. is ridiculous. That's God. more than enough about that's the higher. That's way more. I'm, than I'm, re- I'm, I'm really sorry, listeners. If you've got, <laughs> if you've got this far, blimey. Fair um, play to you. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but luckily, that's the end of it. So if they, if you did if they did tune off or turn it off at that point, then they haven't really missed any Titans chat. So there we go. Um, I enjoyed that. I think no, it was that was good. Uh, it was good. Good, good fun. We um, need to do more double headers. I think double headers
1: seem to be the way forward.
2: <laughs> took, took a lot of effort though. So yeah. It that. did take a
1: lot. We can just do double headers week by week and just have one episode with, cause we've got a lot of us on this podcast. We do one with three and then the other with the other three and we'll just do double headers every single week.
2: <laughs> sounds maybe a lot. Maybe of work, it sounds though. a lot of work. Yeah. yeah, that's true. It's not really our scene. But... Sure do one a week. Um, at this point, ironically, I'm going to promise that we'll get together soon and we'll kind of preview the the season and bring things up to date a bit. Um, yeah, we're only what five weeks, six weeks away from the season beginning, which is crazy. Yeah. not feel anywhere near that. I think well, if we can get something done in that time. Let's commit to that. Um, we'll definitely, we'll definitely be on probably during. Uh, some point of the preseason
1: to talk about how we're gonna win the Super Bowl.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Shane, Shane Bowen's the best defensive coordinator in the league. <laughs> Give it 12 months. We'll be there. We'll be there. It's fine. <laughs> cool. Right. Thank thanks Greg. Thanks to everybody who took part. Um and Miles as well. Neil, Brian, well you didn't you, you could have done, but you know. Didn't bother showing up. Didn't uh, nor Harry. Harry's a Harry's Busy to be fair. Um Harry, 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 Harry's, business.
1: Harry's the face of this podcast. He's, that's, that's what we've learned recently.
2: Yeah, we have. That's um, better looking than any of the rest of us put together. <laughs> quite comfortably. On on that note, let's definitely get out of here. Um, hope hope you enjoyed it. Um, let us know what you think at Transatlantic TN, and obviously tighten up always. Tighten up.